Science. Motorcycle. Science. Hey everyone, it's Mike Action again, coming to you from Moto One Auxiliary Studio, um, my basement. <laughs> so here it is, my long-awaited third segment. So the past two times I've done this, I've promised that I'll get into restoration products next, like what you see at the auto aisle at the department store. So that's what we're finally doing already. Jesus, get off my back. And if you're like how I was, then when you see all those rows of bottles, you're saying to yourself, what the hell is this stuff? And oh, how do I choose? And ooh, Mike Action, please help me. Because the only way to know on your own what each one of those products on that shelf is for is if you have like an uncle or a friend or someone who swears by it, uh, or if you read about it in a magazine, so basically through advertising or word of mouth, uh, which anyone under 50 just kind of instinctively zones out whenever they think someone's trying to sell them something. So for all you know, those bottles of products could be full of just mayonnaise or brill cream or triple antibiotic ointment. Uh, but hey, what the hell, it worked for your Uncle Chuck, so now you have it on your shelf at home but secretly you've never even touched the stuff because you actually have no idea what its correct use is. Uh, that's if you're like how I was. Uh, so let me be your guy's uncle, why not? Uh, and share with you what I've been able to decipher for whatever that's worth. I still don't know what a lot of those products are, uh, but there are like three of them that I figured out and they're all for plastics as opposed to painted surfaces, which I'd probably tackle with waxing at first anyway. Uh, hey, maybe I'll do my next segment on waxes and clay bars and shit. Uh, that's a good idea. So these products are for plastic, and I learned about them because I did some digging on restoration sites. But instead of letting someone recommend a specific brand or product line to me, I just this whole category of stuff. And the answer was this really simple chemistry thing. It's happening down in the plastic when you use them. And it's damn cool what's happening, but then again, I'm really easily entertained. Uh, but more than that, I just think it's hella useful, and it totally blew my mind uh, because it's such a basic idea once you hear it. Okay, enough. Here is. No. You know how in all those old electronics from the 80s and 90s, their cases were originally a, like a nice creamy white color, and that was when they were brand new, but then they all turned this sickly yellow after a while, and it's worse on Sunday windowsills, but it happens regardless after long enough. That's because when the plastics were first molded, they were embedded with oils. And these oils slowly evaporate over a really long time. So once something made of plastic is taken out of its shrink wrap and exposed to the atmosphere, you've got like a couple of decades uh, or less in the hot sun before it really starts showing age. Uh, because those oils that are close to the surface are evaporating away, and that's the thing that's going to make plastic begin to look old in the first place. Uh, and also why the dashboards on old 70s cars have all, like, cracks down the middle by now, uh, because constant UV light speeds up that evaporation, and also it, like, directly breaks down the polymer's chemical bonds. Uh, or maybe you can't really put your finger on exactly why these plastic parts have started looking old to you, um, but it has to do with the subtle discolorations and with all that oil evaporating off the surface and leaving little tiny pores in the plastic, like imperfections on somebody's skin. Uh, if you think this sounds a lot like skin aging, you're actually not too far off, uh, because our skin gets thinner as we age, and what's thinning are the fatty parts, kind of like our, how our baby fat goes away, and even in our early 20s, a lot of us are walking around with these, like, plump baby faces. Uh, and even though we still feel like adults in our early 20s, we don't realize how, how like, young we still look and act. <laughs> Um, just look at early pictures of Bob Dylan, uh, because he got famous as a teenager and he was still a little chubby little baby in those days. Uh, and as we get older, we just keep losing lipids from that layer of our skin, and plastic also loses lipids slowly, so, so there you go. Um, so next to, like, laying down your bike and putting a big gouge in it, uh, this loss of oils can be the biggest thing that makes your plastics look old. Uh, whereas bodywork will lose its glossy finish from gas spills or whatever, not polishing it enough, and chrome softens when you use like the wrong kind of scrub brush on it, or if it gets pitted by rust just from moisture in the air, plastic parts get this sort of evaporative damage over time, 
if you don't do something stupid and break them first. <laughs> like, so I guess the message here is ride fast, take chances, and, and crash your bike before it gets old. Um, nobody crash your bike. So look at the original Nintendos and their controllers and all those old computer keyboards, CRT monitors. They've all gone like yellowy by now. Uh, the reason for all that yell yellowiness is because the chemicals that we used back in those days uh, that were way deeper in the plastic, they would get drawn up to the surface as those outer oils drifted away. And this would change the color. There's like those deeper oils down in there get pulled up and they're a different color than the oils I guess they injected closer to the surface. But then like sometime around 2005 or so, the plastic mixtures got better and the factory methods of injection improved uh, and everything just sort of that whole generation of things evolved. So plastic doesn't really get that really gross color change anymore. Well, most of them probably. There's probably some factory somewhere in the world that was never retooled and still pumping out those old inferior plastics. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, and the oils I'm talking about are used in molding the really durable hard plastics on your motorcycle, uh, as opposed to the like really very flexible plastic parts, uh, which might have been made with those really nasty chemicals that parents freak out about their babies chewing on, uh, like BPA. Uh, and the whole reason they use BPA in plastic is because it makes the plastic less brittle, more flexible. Um, I know this because I chewed on a lot of BPA toys as a kid. <laughs> So, why is this plastic thing so badass, and how's it going to help us refurbish our parts? Uh, well, if oil has evaporated away from the plastic surface, then we need to find a way to get the oils back into that top layer. Two options here. We can either add back what was lost from the surface by applying new product, or we could get at the oils that are still down there just deeper in that plastic and somehow draw them up to where, they, where we want them. It turns out that both ways are possible. They're also both really easy and inexpensive to achieve, though the latter is, uh, it's a lot more likely to go wrong and cause permanent damage. Uh, that's the drawing up deep oils method, and the only thing you need for it is a heat gun. Uh, so have you ever seen how those plastic stadium seats get heat treated after the sun has dulled away the shiny finish? Uh, there are videos of this all over the internet, and it's literally just a dude with a flamethrower and he's walking down the aisles and it looks like he's melting the chairs, but like the instant that he hits them, they immediately shine up and they look brand new. Uh, so it's not that the plastic is melting, it's that those chairs were molded with a ton of oils in them specifically for this purpose. And blasting them with a quick burst of heat draws a bunch of that shiny stuff up to the outermost layer. Uh, I've got no idea how long this trick works, um, but there's, before like there's nothing left in the chair to lift up, uh, but realistically, I'm betting that the life of the chair is shorter. Um, probably the whole stadium itself is going to get demolished before that heat treatment would lose its effectiveness. Uh, it might work well after a century, for all I know. Um, maybe it just needs to be done more frequently as time passes. Like I said, this is the method that's more likely to go wrong, because you're using a damned heat gun, and you're absolutely running the risk of melting stuff. Uh, but this trick has worked very well for me. I used a heat gun to give my KZ's airbox uh, a new lease on life. And I was really pleased with the results, um, but I also practiced first on a couple of kids' toys uh, that had baked in the sun, uh, like a little toy house with a plastic roof that the sun had bleached, this kind of powdery blue color. And I definitely fucked it up and left some, like, melty cake frosting drips of plastic and a couple of scorch marks before I achieved what I wanted and felt safe using it on something that I, you know, valued. So, uh, the first thing I noticed is that it really smells bad. 
like the way a 3D printer stinks. Uh, and that's extra bad because anytime you smell melting plastic, you're inhaling melting plastic and being exposed to the fumes. Uh, so proceed with caution and use protective equipment and well-ventilated area if you plan on doing this. Uh, and the other method is to just rub new oils into your plastic parts, and then you can hit it with some heat or just let it absorb into the pores on its own. Uh, and that's the stuff I discovered among this bodywork products at the auto parts store. So specifically what I did uh, when I was taking apart the Firebolt is that first I used petroleum jelly. Um, I hinted at petroleum jelly in part one because some road grime, uh, some of it won't get picked up by just soapy water, but it will actually dissolve into oil. Uh, which is kind of a mindfuck, but it works, and it gets stuff super clean, is like rubbing petroleum jelly on it, and then your soap and water. Um, so first, I brought the parts in from the garage, and I washed them with soapy water. Um, bonus points if you have, like, a parts washer. Uh, I just used a makeshift tub that I cut from a 50-gallon margarine drum uh, that Peter once found for me somewhere through entirely legal means. And... Uh, then, when they were dry, I rubbed petroleum jelly all over it, and then I used a soft brush, like a toothbrush, um, to really work it in, and then I let the parts sit there that way for, like, a week, uh, because I was lazy or busy. And then I brushed them again and rewashed everything in the soapy water a second time to get it all off. Uh, though I didn't scrub as heavily as I did the first time. Uh, and awful lot of extra schmutz lifted. Uh, my plastics looked really good. Uh, a couple of parts I knew I would be boxing up long term, so I actually rubbed a thin second coating of petroleum jelly on them and wrapped them up for storage. But most of the Buell parts didn't get that second slathering of Vaseline because instead I busted out those two restoration products that I've had good experience with. Um, so, um, name dropping here, one of them is Mother's Brand Back to Black, uh, and the other one is Armor All Outlast. Uh, I'm not getting paid to endorse anything here, and for all I know, they could both be second-rate products, um, but they're what I used, and they did the job well enough that I was good and pleased with the results. So there you go. Uh, the Mother's Back to Black. So it comes in a red bottle, and it's not actually black, uh, nor does it work any better on black plastic parts than any other color. Uh, in fact, it comes out of the bottle as a, like this white cream, and you rub it into whatever exposed matte plastic, so not super, super glossy stuff. Um, but matte plastic, whatever you're trying to restore, um, once you've cleaned that surface first, of course. Uh, and it goes on clear, and if your parts are at least like a decade old, it'll probably soak up in like 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and then you just wipe it lightly with cloth, and you make sure you're not leaving any uneven splotches anywhere. Uh, and then you do it again, or at least I did anyway. I wasn't following any playbook. Uh, or I was just making shit up. Um, if the first application soaked up in like 10 minutes... The second one probably took an hour to fully absorb, uh, faster for my 40-year-old Kawasaki. Uh, and the, yeah, the older the plastic is, the faster it'll just soak that product right up. Uh, and then I just kept applying coating after coating uh, until like after I think two more coats, so like four coats in total, and a couple of good nights sleep. Uh, and then I was pretty confident the plastic was about as saturated with the stuff as it was going to get. Uh, the mothers gave good results uh, for all my plastic parts, uh, but where I noticed it the most uh, was in how much of that deep black returned to the panniers on my Ulysses. Um, hence the name, I guess, Back to Black. Uh, so the mothers does a great job restoring that original vibrant color to your plastics, uh, and that also helped obscure some of the places where like my panniers were scratched. Uh, just having a, I guess, a deeper, shinier color um, just made the scratches stand out less. Um, but what it did not do, uh, it did not make the surfaces any more glossy than they already were. Uh, in fact, the plastics were just as matte as before, 
uh, once the stuff had like soaked in anyway. Because I used so much of it the first time with like four coats, I kept thinking that I had overdone it and it would be wet and slimy for a while. Um, but it really wasn't, probably because I was so paranoid about leaving uneven spots that I kept like returning to rub the excess around until I knew it had absorbed. And after riding it and letting it sit in my garage for a couple of weeks, I really didn't notice any more dust than usual sticking to it or anything, uh, and my garage is pretty drafty, uh, so I'm always like blowing leaves out of it and shit uh, that gets in over the door. Uh, so if my if I used a product that left my motorcycle like sticky, uh, it would definitely get dirty up fast, uh, and I really didn't notice it. So the second product, uh, Armor All Outlast. Uh, and for me, that was what gave that glossy shine. Again, there might be products that work like it that work better, um, but for my particular set of bikes, it's not really as versatile as the Mother's was, uh, but there are sections of my Yuli Panniers and a couple of decals that are made of plastic uh, that, um, that have a really glossy finish on them, or they're supposed to. Um, so this stuff did a great job brightening those areas up. Uh, the armor all wipes in at first, like some sort of rain guard or water repellent product that looks like it's going to bead on the surface. Um, but once you've let it cure and harden, then it just it just glosses up like like the finish that was worn out. Uh, I was just as pleased with the results as I was with the back to black, um, but it just it's it's a different product that goes on different surfaces and uh, with a different result. Um, and you know, use the right tool for the right job, and they both worked great. Um, that's it, guys. Um, maybe there's more great restoration products out there, um, but for what I've tried so far, I've liked the two that have worked well for me. Um, but motorcycles aren't my day job, so I haven't had enough good excuses to try out like everything that's available on that shelf uh, yet. Uh, okay, uh, future topics. Let's see. Uh, I said today that I should do a segment on waxes and clays. Uh, I also have plans to drop a few words on rubber maintenance and the challenges we face with rubber, um, plus another gold nugget that was totally life-changing for every rubber thing that I own, uh, not just on my bikes, and uh, this one I learned from Peter. Um, but for all that, you're going to have to wait for the fourth restoration segment here on... Science. Science. Motorcycle. Science. Science.